The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Combank. If your organisation, school or sporting club was impacted by the bushfires, you can apply for a bushfire recovery grant by visiting combank.com.au forward slash bushfire recovery. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Monday the 25th of May. In your squiz today, fears for Hong Kong's independence, the $60 billion miscalculation, target to close 167 stores and the most popular baby names are out. This is your Squiz Today. We spoke last week about China's plan to impose a new security law on Hong Kong that would ban secession, sedition and subversion. The news of this plan has been met with more protests in Hong Kong, as well as criticism from concerned global players, Australia being one of them, Claire. We've joined with Canada and the United Kingdom to issue a joint statement uh, criticising China's proposal. The imposition of a security law on Hong Kong is something that's been hard fought in the past and also has drawn a lot of criticism from international Western leaders in the past. And that's exactly what's happening again. There's a bit of criticism that the law is being put forward at a time when a lot of the world is distracted by the coronavirus pandemic. Australia's relationship with China is what you might call a bit strained at the moment. Is this likely to impact it further? Probably, and it's not that China needs an excuse to be angry with us at the moment. After we called for that inquiry into the World Health Organization and the start of the coronavirus, China wasn't really thrilled with us and we've already uh, had some argy-bargy over trade issues that aren't anywhere close to being resolved. Uh, Also on the plate is Victoria's participation in what's called the Belt and Road Initiative, which is a massive multi-billion dollar Chinese government infrastructure program. Victoria is the only state in Australia to sign up to that. Uh, Australia more generally isn't a fan of it and it drew concern yesterday from US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. We can expect that to be in the media quite a bit again this week. Late on Friday, the news that a fairly big administrative error had been made about the JobKeeper payments started to circulate. It's a $60 billion miscalculation in the amount of payments expected to be made. What happened here, Claire? There were some issues on the form and it seems that confused applicants were putting down the number that they thought in dollars they were receiving rather than the number of applicants that they had. So given the payments, $1,500 in some of these places, only had one employee, uh, you can see mm. where things got blown out. So the new figures are that the JobKeeper payment will go to 3.5 million people, not more than 6 million that had been estimated. Uh, also, it's going to cost about $70 billion over six months, not 130. There's a lot of talk now about what to do with that $60 billion that's washing about. Of course, uh, there's some in the coalition saying it was never our money to start off with because we we're going to have to borrow it. Labor's Penny Wong said it was a $60 billion black hole in the economic credibility of the government. Taking a look at overall coronavirus numbers now, Australia has 494 people across the country with COVID-19, 33 of whom are in hospital. It's a figure that has authorities feeling pretty good. 
they're feeling much better about life given those low numbers. We've really flattened the curve and basically crushing the coronavirus. There were fewer than 20 new cases reported over the weekend, so that's really given authorities confidence around those easing of restrictions, and we're going to see a bit more of that again this week and into next week. It's a bit of a different story in the US. They passed 100,000 deaths. The New York Times had a pretty confronting front page over the weekend. They published the names and details of a thousand people who have died. It's quite a striking image, isn't it, Claire? It really is. And the scale of the coronavirus tragedy in the US really is bigger than anywhere else. Uh, They, of course, though, are moving into easing restrictions there despite the health threat that still exists there. And over in the UK, Claire, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is facing pressure to sack his chief strategist, Dominic Cummings. This story is hitting the news a bit this morning. Whenever you see a picture of Boris Johnson at key political moments like Brexit getting through and election wins, Dominic Cummings isn't far away in that that same image. He and his wife contracted coronavirus. Of course, Boris Johnson had coronavirus, so it was going around 10 Downing Street. And reports say that they drove to reach family members more than 400 kilometres away to ensure their four-year-old child was looked after. Uh, That, some say, is in breach of the lockdown restrictions but Boris Johnson says they've looked into it and that he acted responsibly. Whereas Labor leader Keir Starmer says it's an insult to the sacrifices made by the British people. This one is playing out in the papers quite a bit. Over to Papua New Guinea now, and former Prime Minister Peter O'Neill has been arrested and taken in for questioning over alleged misappropriation, official corruption and misuse of office. Take us through this one, Claire. He is accused of directly purchasing two generators, electricity generators from Israel uh, that totaled $21.8 million Australian dollars, and it was outside the government's procurement process, authorities say. He was arrested after flying back into Papua New Guinea from Brisbane, where he'd been stranded because of COVID-19 lockdowns. He's now been released on bail. A message now from our podcast partner, HelloFresh. Regular squizzers will know that Claire is a bit of a whiz in the kitchen. I, unfortunately, am not. However, I've found a sneaky way around this. Enter HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow recipes to create delicious meals straight to your door. That's helped me create some pretty tasty dinners night after night. We're talking things like seared ocean trout with an almond caper sauce, which was pretty fancy. Head to hellofresh.com.au and if you use the code SQUIZ90, you'll get up to $90 off across your first four boxes. Terms and conditions do apply. I'll put that link in your episode notes as well. In business news, Target has announced that they'll be closing 75 stores and converting 92 into Kmarts as the company undergoes a massive restructure. Sorry, Larissa, I think the correct pronunciation is Target, but (laughs) we'll move past that. Uh, Wes Farmers, the parent company, has announced that it's got to do a big restructure because those stores just aren't giving it the financial return that it needs. Of course, there's a lot of country Target stores, Mm. about 
50 of those will close down and that was met with disappointment, including by Federal uh, Agriculture Minister David Littleproud, who was really angry about it, saying that the company uh, don't give a rats about us, which is the quote. Uh, Lots of difficulty in, of course, general merchandise, retailing. Uh, If you're not super cheap or super high quality, you really struggle to find a home these days with consumers. Even with a fancy name like Tajay. Exactly right. Wrapping up today, and the list of the most popular baby names is out again. Charlotte and Oliver taking out the top spot. They've done that a couple of years now, and it's Mm. interesting given uh, there's an article that um, was reading that accompanied this announcement saying that parents really are striving to find unique names uh, and also names that can be used for both girls and boys. So, yeah, it's um, Charlotte and Oliver, though, again with the win. You can find the link to that article in the Squeeze Today email as well as a link to to the top 100 names. Claire, each weekday you give us a song lyric that relates to something you've seen in the news. What have you got for us today? Gone for a real oldie this morning. See you later, alligator. That goes to Saturn, uh, the alligator that's lived quite a while at the Moscow Zoo. Saturn has quite a backstory. He survived World War II in Berlin. There were lots of rumours that he was owned by Hitler, but he never was. Uh, And he was gifted then by the British after the war to Russia, where he's lived ever since and he's died at 84 years old. He'll uh, now be stuffed and put in a museum, so in some ways I guess he'll live on even longer. It's a bit of an indignant end, isn't it? (laughs) That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We will be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. You.